leading a startup team, whether you're delivering a sugar rush, stocking coffee, or getting a regular delivery of snacks, Office Depot has solutions that fit every startup culture, from getting those first business cards and stationery to ordering fleece pullovers with your new logo. To learn how Office Depot and the California Technology Council have partnered to bring you savings on all of these startup essentials and more, go to californiatechnology.org forward slash member benefits. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. Matthew Levy worked in the biopharmaceutical industry and human resources when he was confronted with a life-changing event. A doctor told him he had advanced cancer in just 90 days to live. An aggressive treatment regimen saved him, but it also led Levy to rethink his life. Now a motivational speaker and executive coach, Levy is trying to help others who may have settled into safe and comfortable jobs but find them unfulfilling. We spoke to Levy about his experiences, how it changed him, and what others could do to make turning points in their lives without having to face death. Matt, thanks for joining us. Looking forward to it, Danny. This is going to be a bit of an unusual podcast for us. We're not going to discuss uh, technology, business model, trend, or deal today. But uh, get a bit personal and reflective about life. To to do that, I thought we could begin with your story. Let's start with your career. What was your career path, and what did you do at Johnson & Johnson? Danny, I wound up uh, winding my way into uh, farm and biotech in, in, uh, in big pharmaceutical industries. I spent a number of years at Merck. I went to Amgen, and then I moved to Johnson & Johnson. And I spent that time in human resources focused both on talent acquisition as well as broader uh, HR responsibilities. One of the things that were part of your duties is, is mass layoffs, and that was to tell people that they were being fired, not just one or two people, but, but a large number of people. Uh, I know that's not an easy thing to do. What's it like, and, and does that have an impact on you personally? Does it take any kind of a toll or have you questioning what you're doing with your own career? First off, Danny, uh, this is the nature of business. Um, I don't hold anything against uh, employers that need to make uh, significant changes in their workforce to uh, to deal with the changing dynamics. And as we know, in, in, in farm and biotech, there are always going to be challenges, therapeutic areas that you want to get into and exit, um, headwinds that you may face. So it is part of business, but yet it's impossible, I think, to completely separate personal from business. So to your point of your question, uh, you know, I tried really hard to compartmentalize having to handle these restructurings and tell long-term employees that their services weren't uh, no, were no longer needed. But yes, over time, it, it did become a strain 
Um, and, and I did find it uh, uh, disenfranchising um, after a while, for sure. In 2014, you had a life-changing event when a doctor told you you had 90 days to live. What drove you to the doctor, and, and what was the diagnosis? Danny, yeah, you know, life is, is, is so random, it seems. It was such a beautiful uh, November morning in 2014. I was doing something as harmless as shaving as I was getting ready for work, and I noticed a small and almost imperceptible lump in the side of my neck, in, in what I thought was my, my lymph nodes. Uh, but I wasn't that concerned about it, Danny, because my mom would always say when I had the sniffles as a kid, oh, you know, you have swollen glands and, you know, you're fighting an infection. So I, I, I wasn't overly concerned, but uh, it didn't go away. Uh, and in about seven to ten days, I decided to get it checked out. And to my surprise, there were some twists and turns over the next maybe three or four weeks. But after a biopsy and some advanced tests, I did find myself eyeball to eyeball with a world-renowned hematologist-oncologist. And he told me that I had something that was very rare, advanced, stage four, infiltrated my lymphatic system and my bone marrow, something called Burkitt's lymphoma. And as you stated, he told me that I had only 90 days to live. Well, you did survive. <laughs> what, what happened? Yeah, so uh, that, that, that was the, the question I had, like, what do we do? And the doctor said, you know, listen, I need you to go home and pack your bags and come back the next day. And we, in that time, we're going to put together the highest doses of chemotherapy that a human body can possibly withstand. And if your heart, your liver, and your kidneys don't go into organ failure, and if your body responds to the treatment, we may be able to thread the needle and blast the lymphoma out of your system. So over the next 90 days, I spent uh, uh, many of those inpatient in the hospital receiving a very difficult regimen called Codox M. IVAC with rituximab. You talk about the things that went through your mind when you were told you had just 90 days to live. One of those things were regrets. What were your regrets? Yeah, Danny. So it is amazing how much you can think about in, in like five or 10 second pause after I got that, uh, that crazy diagnosis. And the regret I had was around not being more bold and more assertive in managing my career, not having the courage to break away from what I call an average successful life. You know, working uh, in the Fortune 500 is what a lot of people aspire to. And it was great for me in, in my 20s and 30s and even into my 40s. But at a certain point in time, I, I, I didn't want to be a drop of food coloring in the ocean like I felt in a big company. And I was really anxious to see what it felt like to be a drop of food coloring in a Dixie cup to work at a smaller company. But my regret was I never had the courage to pull that trigger until after this diagnosis. Oh, it took you about two years to, to transition why did it take that long? Was it a need to go through a, a process of understanding what it is you now wanted to do with your life? What happened to you between your regrets and your action? 
Well, the, the first uh, the first order of business was getting myself cured, and, and that was a good long six month process. And even physically getting cured in six months, I, I think there was a period of reflection. Uh, when you go something go through something like that, you know, coming out of it, uh, many people most unfortunately experience post-traumatic stress syndrome. We've all heard of that, I think, primarily through its uh, relationship with the military. But there are people that can also experience something called uh, post-traumatic growth, or PTG for short. And thankfully, somehow, I was blessed with, with that end result. So as as I put into perspective what had happened to me, I decided that i I could gain the courage, I could take risks, and I could make a break. So it took about nine months after returning to uh, the Fortune 500 when I decided to make a move. And I, I took a job with a cool little consulting firm, and that was a great experience. And then from there, I left and uh, started my own business, Matthew Levy Enterprises, LLC. And I think that's a great message, Danny, that we can all fall forward, that we can keep growing when we try new and different things in our lives and in our careers. You used the word courage a moment ago. It's a, it's a word that resonates on your, your website and in your blog post. Why do you think it takes courage for people to change and improve their work lives? Well, I think that a lot of us uh, get into our routines. We get into our habits. We get into our comfort zone. You know, some people might call it like a hamster on a wheel. You know, there's the, the talking head song about, you know, you wake up one day and you have a beautiful house and a beautiful wife and you ask yourself, how did you get here? So I think that, that by human nature, we want to keep ourselves safe. But I believe that where real growth comes in, in, in our lives as human beings and in our careers is by pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone. And it's there where, you know, the, the real journey begins. One of the things I've found is that working in the life sciences, people often have a sense that they're doing more than just collecting a paycheck, that there's work is meaningful because they're part of an enterprise trying to address a serious disease. This may be truer in smaller organizations, but in general, how good a job do you think drug companies do making their employees feel that their their work is meaningful? And, and is this a bigger challenge for larger companies that have diverse products? It is, it is. And, and, and I um, congratulate um, all of the all of the drug companies for um, having in their mission statement and in their core values and in their leadership frameworks that they are doing the work to uh, benefit patients. The problem that I find, Annie, is that sometimes that can start to sound a little bit like, uh, I don't know, like white noise, you know, like background noise, because it is a mantra that's repeated over and over again. I would certainly encourage uh, the companies to bring in patients more often, uh, much more often, and, and not just do it at like big town halls or big sales conferences, but bring in patients to have smaller dialogues. That's where employees can really get back into back into touch um, about what it is that they're playing for. 
In your work as a coach and trainer, you, you seem to target people who have stalled out in their careers. They've lost focus. They're not advancing and not sure why it is that they're doing what they're doing for a living. Why do you find people end up in that situation? Yeah, I think it gets back to our conversation earlier about just human nature. Uh, you know, from, from a neurobiology perspective, a neuroscience perspective, our brains evolve to keep us safe, to keep us out of trouble. You know, it goes back to the meadows uh, in, in the caveman era where we had to stay safe because we didn't want to get eaten by the proverbial saber-toothed tiger. Now, unfortunately, well, fortunately, there are no saber-toothed tigers in this day and age, uh, but our brains have an advance. And so, you know, we're we're trying to you know keep ourselves safe and comfortable but again the problem is is that in order to experience all the joys of life we have to push ourselves out of our comfort zone i guess i would say it this way danny that the actual a chance of being born exactly the way you are is 1 in 400 trillion those odds are so unlikely that's the definition of a miracle we need to take advantage of that and do what we were destined to do. You have an action plan you discuss, but in broad terms, what do people need to do to recognize their need to make a change and, and go about doing that? Well, I think step one is to think about you know what what you were born to do. Uh, you know, the saying is there are two important days in our lives the day we were born, and the day we found out why. So I would suggest to people that are feeling a little bit like a hamster on a wheel to ask themselves some thought-provoking questions, almost like an inner interview to yourself. Ask yourself, what were you born to do? What deeds need doing? What are your superpowers? What would you do if you didn't have to make a cent the rest of your life? And as you answer those questions, I think you can get back in touch with what do you really want to do next in your career? Your near-death experience was a turning point for you, but you suggest people can manufacture their own turning point. What do you mean by that, and, and how can they go about doing that? Well, I think those questions that I just posed would be a good start. I think also some more self-reflection would be really helpful. We get so busy in our day-to-day -day lives, you know, we're, we're working out, we're dropping off the kids, we're helping them with their homework, um, you know, of course, we're busy in our jobs, we have cell phones that are buzzing and beeping all day long with social media. One great thing is to maybe take some time away from all of that. There's a term that I use called a monk day, uh, M-O-N-K. And it's a it's a metaphor for turning all that stuff off, you know, maybe going for a walk where it's peaceful and quiet. And like philosophers used to do in days gone by, take some time to just think and reflect. And sometimes when you just do that, then you can have some moments of clarity and you can figure out what it is that you want to do next. Matthew Levy, motivational speaker, executive coach, and trainer on the web at matthewlevy.me. Matthew, thanks for your time today. Great to be with you, Danny.
Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.